Well, once again, it's wonderful to be with you this morning as we hear God's Word. Let's take a moment and pray as we get together. Heavenly Father, strengthen us, sanctify us, make us holy by the truth, for your Word is truth. Amen. So what's your favorite piece of wisdom to share with other people? You got one? If you were to share one piece of wisdom with other people, what would it be? Everybody pick one. All right. Let's see. So, you know, I've gotten lots uh, over the years. People tell me things like insanity is doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. All right, there we go. See, look at that. We're pretty good. We're already on our way to wisdom. Imitation is the highest form of flattery, right? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I like the men and women ones. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You know that one? Yeah, that's why we can't understand each other at all. Uh, but but I, I prefer this take on it. Men are from Earth, women are from Earth, get over it. There you go. That's just how it works, right? Uh, but I think the most apt descript- description, the best one for West Michigan uh, is give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll, how's it end? Eat for a life, Right? But in West Michigan, we should really say, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll sit in a boat and drink beer all day. Don't you think, right? I mean, isn't that how we do it? Uh, The Bible includes a lot of this kind of wisdom. It includes a lot of this little practical insights for living, insights that help us with godly choices. And you can find it all in books like Proverbs, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, and some in other books. Uh, Wisdom has been described as pointed precepts for prudent practicalism, or counsels from above for conduct below. It's not just knowledge, but it is action. Simple example of wisdom, my one-year-old is very interested in our stove lately. Every time we bake something, he wants to know what's in the stove. And uh, if he were to touch the stove, I wouldn't call him a fool. Well, why not? I mean, he doesn't know the realities of life. He doesn't have that kind of knowledge. But I have no reason to expect a one-year-old to have that kind of knowledge. But a good example of wisdom, I got to see as part of a memorial this week, there was a woman, the sister of the mother of the deceased. And you could tell that this woman... You know, knew her family well. She knew how her sister was handling the death of her son. Uh, she came to the memorial a couple hours in advance. She brought picture boards. She brought picture frames. She brought a number of plants and flowers. Now, that would not be the right choice in every situation. If, if that was my kid's funeral and you did that, I would probably not be very happy But she knew her sister and knew how her sister would appreciate it or not appreciate it and and what would all go. It was a a great example of taking knowledge and putting it into action. That's what wisdom is. Um, And, you know, I don't think, though, we think very much of biblical wisdom. I don't know if we think a whole lot of of biblical wisdom. Uh, And there's probably good reason for that sometimes. I think one of the, the good reasons is we, we recognize that a lot of biblical wisdom is not, well, doesn't seem very helpful. 
Take this one. This is from Proverbs. Don't gaze at wine when it's red, when it sparkles in the cup. In the end, it bites like a snake and poisons like a viper. And yet, I'm pretty sure the basic medical advice is a glass of wine is okay. In fact, it's maybe good. Anybody else hear that? Yeah, see, right? So the proverb says, don't drink wine. Medical advice says, drink wine. Hmm. Now you can say, well, it's talking about getting drunk, but it doesn't say that, does it? It's hard. Um, or there's a proverb that, that says, when you, what your eyes have seen, do not bring hastily to court. What your eyes have seen, don't bring hastily to court. And yet, what do we tell kids to do when they are in school? We say, if you see something, say something. Uh, if you're in the airport and you see something suspicious going on, should you keep silent about it? No, speak up. If you see something, say something. Uh, or if you're in your neighborhood and you see somebody prowling around your neighborhood, the advice is not overlook it, it's see something, say something. We don't do what this proverb says all the time, uh, and probably for good reason. The proverbs are full of, of wisdom that's... Uh, it, it definitely takes some thinking and work to make it fit with life. But I, I, I wonder if the real... The, thing, the reason I know that we don't use this wisdom much is, well, frankly, because people don't call me all the time and say, Pastor, I need a bit of biblical advice. I, I have to make this decision. Uh, should I date this girl? Should I make this, have this conversation with a friend? Should I spend this money? And, and people are not, my phone's not ringing off the hook saying, Pastor, I need a bit of biblical advice. And, and maybe that's because I don't know, maybe that's because people don't trust me. Maybe I, I talk too much. I should tell you that if, um, I, I try as much as possible that if I'm going to share a personal anecdote, something that somebody said in a, to me, uh, I will always ask for permission. And if I haven't asked for permission from you for something, I apologize. Please let me know so that I can apologize because we've got plenty of reasons to distrust pastors. We don't need another one. Uh, and, but maybe, and maybe, it's, maybe it's even more than that. Maybe we just don't think that biblical advice is worth seeking. Maybe we've got enough people in our lives telling us what to do. The last thing I need is somebody else sitting there and telling me what to do. I mean, goodness knows sometimes even the church has not given me good advice. So, this is not about me. I think I have just as much of a problem with this as you do, as all of us do. I finally got up the gumption this week to call a fellow pastor and ask for some advice about a situation in my life. I have a big, hard, looming question that I'm dealing with. Have I asked anybody for help with it? No, of course not. Have I asked even another pastor who might know what to do about it? No. That's just the way that we handle it. I'm not any better at getting advice Give, getting advice, I think, than anybody else's. But see, this is the thing. Does God care what we know and believe? Yeah, he does, doesn't he? I mean, does God care what we do? I think he does, doesn't he? Look at what the first proverb says. Proverbs for receiving instruction in prudent behavior. Right, so here's the promise today. Here's the promise. that If you'll take some advice for a little bit, you'll lead a little bit better life. You'll get a little bit closer to the good life. That's what Proverbs offers you and me, the good life. And today, the first proverb, the, the most basic proverb, lays the foundation. 
Now, get ready to feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable even just saying it. So get ready to feel uncomfortable. The first proverb is this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. That one word, it makes me uncomfortable even to say it. Fear. Fear. You know, if there's a God uh, who made the universe and then put some rules in it, it's not just wrong to break the rules, it's stupid. If there's a God who, who made the universe and he said, here's the things to do, then it's not, just, it's not just bad practice to ignore him. It's foolish, right? Wisdom is not just about doing the right thing. Wisdom is about doing a good thing in the 80% of the times in life when there isn't any instruction, when there's no rules about what to do. Can I make a, a confession to you? One of the things that drives me crazy the most as a pastor is deciding what to do with my time. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that I'm a lazy, worthless pastor. You shouldn't fire me. What I am saying is, I know I, know I need to teach. I should preach. I should counsel people to spiritual health. I should, I should administer well the affairs of the church and, and lead us into a, a place where we can give glory to God. But what does that mean on Monday morning at 9 a.m. when I show in the, op in the office? Do I write a sermon? Do I call somebody? Do I invite somebody to church? Should I go downtown and knock on some doors? Should I visit somebody who's shut in at home? What should I do? I don't know, right? But that's, that's where wisdom it needs to be applied. And God says to you and to me, each of us will give an account for the time that we have been given, for the choices that we have been given. I think I have pretty good reasons to be afraid. Well, that's not all bad. That's not all bad. There, there's positive fear and there's negative fear. I, I, I remember um, walking into a, a house one time where I was talking with somebody about being part of the church and I had had enough interactions with these individuals to know that it probably wasn't going to go well. I was afraid. <laughs> I trembled. <laughs> I was worried about the whole conversation. But, you know, when I got to make a confession of what I believe and why I believe it to our seminary president so that he would let me become a, a pastor, I was a little worried. I was anxious. But that was one of the best moments of my life. Yeah, I was afraid. I trembled. I was, I was in awe. But I was in reverent awe. I couldn't wait to make that confession. There, there's positive fear and there's negative fear. And, you know, negative fear means that I'm afraid that you'll hurt me. Negative fear is selfish. Negative fear means I'm worried about what's going to happen to me. Positive fear means I'm worried about what happens to you. I have such respect, such love. I hold you in such high esteem that I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to let you down I don't want to hurt you. I want to bring you glory. I want to bring you honor. I want to bring you praise. I want your name to be well regarded. That's, that's positive fear. That's fear for good. And that's the fear that God wants from you and from me. Yeah, it's still fear. I've told you before that I've been afraid of God at times in my life. 
maybe it was a little bit too far, too far. I think I was, I was a little bit too afraid. I think it hurt some interactions that I had with other people. But you know one thing that it did do? It meant that I was never afraid of anybody else. I walked into my annual review. I said, there's nothing these people can do to me. I'm not afraid of them one bit. I would sit in meetings with my boss. I wasn't afraid of any kind of critique or anger that he could put in me. What, what could he possibly do to me that was worse than what God would have to say about me? I wasn't even afraid to sit down and have criticism with other people. Because what could they say to me that could hurt me when the God of armies, the God of angels, the God of the universe had his say about me? There was nothing for me to fear. See, yeah, I was afraid of God, but it was a, a positive fear. And I hope by now you see that wisdom, true wisdom, is far more about a who than it is about a what. Can you see that? It's really about who you're thinking of than it is a what. And that's why St. Paul has this to say to you and to me. St. Paul tells us, it's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, our holiness, and redemption. Did you catch that? He has become for us wisdom from God. God has given you and I wisdom in the person of Jesus. He put it on display. He, he let the whole world to see this is what true wisdom looks like. A life lived in sacrifice, in self-giving for others. A life lived in fear and holy regard for a father. And that's the wisdom that he asks you and I to do. God would let you and I live so that the, the power of Jesus, the life of Jesus, lives through us. He lets us live that wisdom out in our lives. Isn't that an awesome thing? And so I want you to join with me in something here as we, we close. Let's, let's say that Jesus is our wisdom. I put up um, here for us this, these sentences. Jesus is, and you can fill in my name here, Jesus is our righteousness, Jesus is my holiness, Jesus is my redemption. Let's say this together. So I want you to take out where it says my name here. Okay, don't read my name here. Ah, ha, ha, right? And I want you to instead to say your own name. All right, we're going to say, so I'm going to say, Jesus is Nathaniel's righteousness. Jesus is Nathaniel's holiness. Jesus is Nathaniel's redemption. Can you, can you do that and put your own name in instead? All right, let's do that. Jesus is Nathaniel's righteousness. Jesus is Nathaniel's holiness. Jesus is Nathaniel's redemption. God lives to see his wisdom at work in our lives. He already sent his son to die and to rise so that his life could be on us. And now the Holy Spirit is in each of us so that his wisdom shines through us. And so maybe, maybe over the next few weeks, you and I can do something together, a little project to grow in wisdom. I've printed off some cards, just little cards that say the good life. And if you'd like... I invite you each to, to take one of these cards, and, or take actually probably two of them. That's probably the way to do it, although I, I suspect that everybody won't, so that's okay. Uh, you could start this way, though. And, and write a summary of today's proverb 
in your own words. Right? Today's proverb was, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So maybe you put that in your own words. And I'm going to write something like, only people, where's my pencil? I have this problem because I always move them back and forth. Ah, see? I knew it was here. Right? Only people who fear God make wise choices in the 80% of the time there are no rules. There you go. So there's my summary. Now you're going to take one of these and you can write your own summary and then take it home and uh, you can stick it on your refrigerator, put it in your Bible, and then you can remember that as a piece of wisdom. And if you think that your summary is, is you'd like to share it with somebody else, I've got a big sign up on the wall there right next to our heart and you can write your summary down on that sheet and then stick it up on the wall. And then I bet by the end of the next five or six weeks here, when we are done studying the good life, we will have a whole wall covered with wisdom. And we can take it and we can pass it on to all the people in our lives who need some good advice. Huh? We'll only charge $5 a card. That's how we're going to fund the church budget this year. And then I think we're going to be in just awe to see not only the wisdom of God in Jesus that has taken place for us, but the wisdom of God in Jesus that he is working through us. Can't wait to see that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we so often choose to trust our own ability to make good choices. And we fail to seek good advice, good counsel from the people around us, uh, the people who maybe could give us godly wisdom and insight. Let us learn to turn towards you, where we, yes, need to fear because you are holy, you are just, and you have high expectations of us, but you are also the only place where we will stop being afraid of all of the other people in our lives. Let us cling to your wisdom as the one truth that will guide us no matter where we walk. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you join me then in confessing our faith in God's wisdom with the words of the Nicene Creed? The Nicene